We would love to hear from you, our fab listeners, about what's working on the podcast. What do you want more of and are you inspired? Please go to astoryinside.com backslash survey and help a girl out. Let us know. If you're coming from that place of waking up and going, I have to write about this, it is going to be the best thing you've ever written. Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. I'm your host, Kim O'Hara, a book coach with a story inside, and I am interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life with a story to tell. Do these folks have a best-selling book in them? Stick around and find out. Hey, everybody. I want you to strap in today because we're going to take a pretty wild ride. I am going to move away a little bit from my usual format, which is either interviewing someone fascinating and then getting to why they're writing a book or not writing a book, or providing really structural formatted book writing content. Today, I'm going to talk about writing about your life. And I don't just mean it in, it's a memoir, it's self-help. I just mean downloading an experience that you're having and needing to talk about it. And I'm going to use myself as an example because you know, I've been in a creative space for my whole life. 21 years old, I went into movies and I never looked back and then transitioned into books and haven't looked back. And I'm, you know, I just am learning every day so much. I'm always teachable about the creative craft. And when you're called to write about something, and it's literally channeling through you, you need to pay attention. And for me, I'm coming up on one year on July 2nd in this new house, in this house. It's the only house. I owned a condo back in 1998 and sold it within a year when my first marriage fell apart. So it was kind of a house, but this is, this is this house that I bought on my own as a single woman turning 50 was epic. It was really epic. And so I started writing about the year of living here. And it's, it's, it's a mix of sensorial, which is coming from the movies where Everything was, you know, sound and sound mixing and music and the sounds and the foleying and the actors' voices, just very tuned into sound. I'm also a survivor, so I'm I'm very like alert to sound. And so when I moved in here, I heard the roosters and I heard the rustling of the palm leaves and the palm fronds and the wind, and I heard 
ice cream trucks that I discovered are perfectly fine playing Christmas music in June. And the sounds of the neighbors um, when they have their, you know, a big family next door and they have, you know, big parties for the birthdays of their kids. They're just, they're just, you know, they're loud and it's just beautiful. Everything's beautiful. Everything's some, it's so interesting, the sounds. And so I write about the sounds and I write about where they come from and I write about me in this house and what started to happen was I felt called for more support. So I enrolled in this uh, writer's group and I hadn't been in a writer's group in so long. I mean, I can't even tell you how long it's been, like 10 years maybe, since I wrote without pressure and just like read it out loud to a group of strangers. And I went into this group And the first day I was in this group, I had like a visceral body reaction. I got tingles all over my body. I kept feeling like I was going to pass out. My hands got clammy. Like I was just damp. I was just having like a complete inner psychic sort of meltdown and read my piece. And over the course of the weeks watched how I stopped having those reactions, how I started to like lean into being a writer among writers and like sharing on these writing prompts and like not really thinking anything had to, you know, become of it. And then I went into another level class where the instructor asked us to look at some of those writing prompts that we hadn't put a lot of, you know, stock into and pick one we might want to expand. And I went back and realized I was always writing about my house. I was writing about the battle with the palm fronds and how they were gathering in the alley on the side of my house. And I'd go out there in my cowboy boots and my hat and like my shovel on a Sunday. And I would just battle those palm fronds and I'd put on gloves and I'd break them with my bare hands and I'd stuff them into my green container and you know, at the same time, resenting the shit out of the neighbor for not like cleaning their tree, but also knowing how expensive it is to do that. And, and then, you know, sort of maybe judging from afar their socioeconomic, you know, situation. And then thinking maybe that's why I didn't want to ask them about it, but yet knowing it was like a deeper reason and there, there was a gentler way And then I realized that the way I was treating myself wasn't the gentler way because on a Sunday, there's probably better things I could be doing with my time than out there battling the palm frond elements. And, you know, a friend of mine came over and said, why don't you just ignore that side of the house? And I kind of laughed because that hadn't been an option, you know? It's not responsible to let the palm fronds gather up. So I let it go. And what happened when I let it go was they gathered so bad that they collected on my roof and it became a roof issue. So now I had to bring my gardener in to go behind the house because it had now gotten to the point where if I even tried to remove one, 10 very heavy palm fronds would end up falling on my head. And I just, I'm sorry, I don't want to be covered in dusty, scary palm fronds. So I had to pay them some money to come clean it up. And of course, that prompted me to talk to the other neighbor and ask their advice. And then 
I found out the neighbor who owns the tree, she has liver cancer. And so I knew inside of me, there was a reason why I wasn't going to go over there and be all like righteous commando about the tree. Now I want to know how I can help them. Like this person has cancer and and we're negotiating now on how we can get some of the palm fronds cut because at the end of the day, it isn't actually fair that it keeps landing in my house and my roof. It's, it's actually a problem. And just being in awe of all of that and writing about it and then reading this extended piece to the group and having them, their reaction was like, you're like Pema Chodron meets Anne Lamott. Now, I don't know if any of you listening have read either of those incredible authors, but I was like gobsmacked. I was like, how is that even possible? You know, and they're like, you're funny and you're like clearly someone who's lived in the world, but you're also writing about surrender and lack of control and letting go of control and like believing and having faith. And, and I was like, oh my God, you know, that is what this house represents to me. It represents me staking my claim in the land, you know, as a woman, as a prospector, as a landowner, I am staking claim in this, you know, 5,000 square foot area of South Central that I've found my zip code. I found my block. I found my people. I found my home. And it has created some of the most valuable writing information. I mean, I'm getting teary just saying it. So we never know what parts of our lives we are being called to write about. Some of you may know and some of you may not know I wrote a memoir about recovering from sexual abuse. And then after it being out there for three years, realized I had kind of buried it. I hadn't promoted it. And the publisher that I had signed with hadn't done anything with it. And so in December, I took the book down and I was like, oh, I'm going to release a second edition because I do feel like what I have to say to abuse survivors is extremely valuable. I mean, I feel like I went through my recovery from sexual abuse the same way that I'm going through this process of this ownership of this house. Like, and I am a good writer, so I can write about it. So I do have to put the book back out there. But what's calling me now constantly is the writing of this book. And it's like, it's like I don't even need to come up with material Material over the last year has just been finding me. There was a gunman on my roof, my garage roof, the first month I lived here. And I go into great detail about the story in the book, but it was pretty insane. I was scrolling through social media and two hours had gone by. I could have worked on my business, spent time with my kids, or written a chapter of my book. Are you complaining you don't have time to write or support or structure? Head over to my new live class, Own Your Authorship, where in eight weeks, you'll not just uncover your dream book, but find your voice. That's a storyinside.com backslash own dash your dash authorship. And now back to our amazing guest. had my noise cancellation headphones on because there was a helicopter above the house forever. It was driving me nuts. 
And next thing you know, my door is being banged on and there's 14 police officers in my lawn. And apparently he had shot two people down the street. I think it was a family thing. I don't think it was random violence. And then had come running down this way, but my neighbors had kind of shooed him away, but he'd gone around the other side and my gate was open because I was waiting for FedEx. You know, my gate was open like a crack. So he came in and got on my roof and I had no idea because I was like sitting on my couch with noise cancellation headphones on looking for like a mountain retreat because I was like, I need to get out of here. These helicopters are driving me insane. And part of what it kicked off was it kicked off this whole thematic journey with my writing of safety, of questioning my faith in how safe I felt, not just in this house, but in the world. And I watched myself go down this really incredible rabbit hole of all the, you know, external safety precautions I needed to put up on my house. You know, I needed to get a German shepherd and I needed to get a security gate on the sliding glass door, not just the front door. And I immediately had, I had been a little slow in turning on the ring camera subscription that went on immediately. And I debated, you know, I started thinking about maybe I should have a gun and, you know, started thinking about who I know that shoots guns and, really just went down this like fear-based rabbit hole. And then I kind of laughed because shamanically when I moved into the house, I had done a whole clearing with like tobacco smoke and sage and I had not tobaccoed the garage. So there you go. I went outside and blew tobacco smoke all over the garage and we haven't had a problem since. That was almost, that was August coming on almost a year ago and the house has never felt safer. I did not get a gun. I did not get a German shepherd. I did not put metal on my sliding glass door. I did not go to sleep every night in fear. I do lock my gate a lot now, but that was a whole chapter. And like also in there and in all the chapters are interwoven is this breaking down of self-love and being alone and what loneliness and alone looks like and not being in a relationship through this whole year has been like shedding people that just don't care about me when it comes down to it. You know, I had been dating this musician who I called him when there was a gunman on the roof, hysterical, and he never came over. Like he never checked in with me. And when I would have situations like the palm fronds or I went to put blinds on my windows or I would go to do things that turned into these like really hard challenges by yourself, like he was not someone I could call. And yet at the same time, you know, he's just another, like we're all just like bobbling around in the dark trying to figure out who we are. So I'm not uh, putting him down and, and not feeling great love for him as a human, but I had to get rid of all those like patterns that I started to see while being in this house, patterns of aligning with people so I could like have a good time or so I could just like get a break from reality and then being mad when they don't fit into my reality. I mean, this house has been one big bomby blast of reality. If you want to put yourself into facing 
nature, yourself, any financial fear you might have, buy a house because it's going to force you to go to this other level because you wake up every day and you're like, hello, house. And there's things that happen to the house, you know, and I've got all these chapters just started being called forth to write. And I would at first think, well, there doesn't seem to be a lot to write on that, but I'm going to sit down and I'm going to see where it takes me. And it would take me through other parts of my life that had led me to this place of being here now where I am as this homeowner going through this experience, like at 51 years old, like, you know, I, I talk about this a little bit, but I'm newly sober. I had been sober for a long time, but in this house, I realized that I, I wasn't as emotionally sober as I really wanted to be. And so I re-updated my commitment to my sobriety. And, you know, something we do in program is we just restart our time. Uh, you can hear people like Dax Shepard talk about this when they um, have a relapse. He's very open about his involvement in recovery. And this was just a relapse of just, I'm done not leaning into the fear. I'm done not leaning into the faith. I didn't get this far with this land. I have avocado trees. I have lime trees. I have orange trees. I have apple trees. All in this tiny little piece of grassy land in front of my house on some in some neighborhood block in like a very urban part of Los Angeles. I have this mecca of beauty. And if I told you how I found the house, it's like incredible. It was like, it's, everything seemed so hard and so much work. And we were looking and then one day I just surrendered. I said, it's going to come when it comes. I don't know where these neighborhoods are. I don't know where we're looking. I have a map glued to the wall. We keep moving Southeast. I've never been to the neighborhood I live in. That's what's so amazing is I had never even been to this neighborhood ever. And now it's, it's my home. And I get to write about home and I get to write about finding home and planting my feet. So I'm going to finish this book. I'm enjoying writing on this book. I'm like any other writer. If I don't write for two weeks, then it gets long when I don't write. So I've got to block out time on my calendar, two or three hours on a Saturday or Sunday, or two hours in the middle of a workday. I just put it on my calendar, writing time, and I hammer away at the chapters in this book. And I do believe this book is going to be entertaining with people. I do believe this book is going to touch a lot of parts of people on a lot of levels, whether they own a house or whether they're thinking about buying a house or talking about where they grew up or their land or, or what they've been through in their neighborhood or, or what they're doing in their home now, or what, what, what are they walking through? What are they surrendering to? What are they, what are they controlling? And I really hope that this talk inspires you to realize you don't have to have like won a gold medal. You don't have to have been brutally assaulted. You don't have to have like gone through some just dev. You just, you just need to, to write about what's 
profoundly being called in your life and use your whole voice, use your funny voice, use your snarky voice, use your sad voice, use your loud voice and just lean in and just write what your life is calling for you to share and stop worrying about whether it's relevant, whether it matters, whether it's unique. Because if you're coming from that place of waking up and going, I have to write about this, this is amazing. It is going to be the best thing you've ever written in your life. With that, I'm going to leave you with this week. Next week, we've got some incredible guests coming on the show this summer. I'm super excited for our lineup. Uh, I hope you subscribe so you can receive all those guests. Check us out on YouTube as well. Uh, The links are always in my social media feeds. The links for all of my podcast episodes, my YouTube show is all in my Instagram a story inside is my, my IG. And I just, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with me today. And please throw some comments up in the, in the, in the Apple podcast, DM me, tell me what inspired you today. Tell me what your house story is. I really want to know. You've been listening to, you should write a book about that. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe or review on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, and Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts.